Welcome to the Creation Innovation Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth King. Together, we'll have conversations with incredible human beings who have taken their creative outlet and turned it into something innovative. From people leaving the corporate world to be eight-figure entrepreneurs, to people who have created books, created a family, or just creating to have fun in the world. We are all in a journey to create something amazing in our lives, and I hope that you find some inspiration of your own here. This is the Creation Innovation Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Creation Innovation. Today we have Kate Bone here. She has turned her passion for yoga and the arts and being convinced that it is a necessity of the intersection of well-being and creative expression into health for all of us into a second career. So welcome, Kate. I can't wait to talk a little bit about this and and how that works into that intersection of all the things and and now as a career for you. So welcome. Thanks for being here. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me. And I love how our missions are so aligned and that like everything is creative. I heard it like right in your intro and I'm on board as well. So I'm excited for our conversation. Yes. So how how did you get into what you're doing now? Tell us our, your story about that. Yeah. So hi, everyone. I'm Kate, Kate Bone. And I um, moved to Los Angeles when I was 17 years old to become an artist. I went to UCLA's acting school and had my mind set and um, through the process realized that if I wanted to sustain a career in the arts, at such a high performing level, um, I was going to need to have some tools. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I have a, a pretty wild story of like hitting my own little version of rock bottom my freshman year of college and just realizing that, you know, as, as artists, we cultivate our sensitivity. That's like our job. <laughs> Right. And then you get thrust into the marketplace. And I've had the privilege to work with some pretty big names and some pretty incredible creative forces over my career so far. And I feel like I'm just heating up um, in terms of what I'm here to do creatively. Um, but I started producing a lot of my own work myself. So, of course, I'm out there auditioning for film and TV and working in theater. Um, I'm also a songwriter and um, make music, and I also write and essays and poetry. And so I have this like amalgamation of creative things I'm doing. And sometimes um, one takes more energy than the other, and sometimes they go on the back burner while I'm working on some other project. And so I just became really curious about how I could have a sort of sustainable and regenerative creative flow as a interdisciplinary artist who is very committed to making independent work. I'm happy to work commercially for, for anything, but really like where my heart is, is like, I want to tell my story and I want to sing my songs and I want to alchemize, you know, what happens to me in the chaos of being human into a song or into a role. And um, I wanted to have some sort of a flow to that. And so after many years of running on what I call like the Hollywood hamster wheel, I hit a little bit of a, another breaking point 
where I was like, okay, I need to use my tools of yoga and meditation and I need to align myself as a creator with the seasons of nature. I need to give myself times to rest because Lord knows our modern culture will not give us time to just hibernate and take baths and take our salt, you know, our salt baths and all the things that really rejuvenate us. So I started getting really curious about the intersection between creativity and well-being. Um, and that's when I created Wonderwell, which is an interdisciplinary creative studio where I get to mentor and work with other artists like myself who are trying to just create a life that feels really organic and authentic to them. And um, it's always surprising to me, like the things that I feel alone in are or the things that I think are special or in my own suffering or my own predicaments or my own struggles, when I bring them into a community space, I see so many other artists being like me too. Yeah, that's happening for me. Oh, you think that too? I have that. So I cultivate space for artists to connect and, um, and, and it's, it, it's an ongoing process <laughs> of all Absolutely. that. Yeah, of course. And, as you kind of mentioned, my big advocacy for people too is who may not show up to think that they are creative is that we all create in different ways, right? We might not identify as I am a creative and I want to go to school to be doing this and whatnot. And and I'm one of those people that people would always say, like if I had my chart read, they'd be like, oh, you're so creative. I'd be like, no, I'm not. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not creative at all. Mm -hmm. And it finally took me a long time to realize, wow, I have created so much in my life. It might not be like you, Kate, who is, you know, getting on a stage to create art in such a way that we would traditionally think of it. But I I think expanding our mind to Mm -hmm. say, what does creativity look like for somebody who isn't aligned with the formal fine arts and that sort of thing? And how can somebody who is not take a step in that direction, right? So for me, it's coloring and coloring books and Play-Doh. Uh, and that's what I tell people that are trying to conceive is mm. we're trying to create a human life. And the more that we sh- show up to create in our life in any way that that might be, whether that's through expression of dance and movement of our body or cooking a recipe, I say, or even creating a spreadsheet that one of my clients had said, I created this. It's all these different ways that we have the ability to show up and say, I am able to create. So what advice would you give to somebody who is like, okay, well, that's great, Kate, that you can write and, you know, get into character and and be an actor and all of these things. And for me, it's really hard to, to get into this persona, so to speak, of feeling creative. What advice would you give to somebody that feels like they they should or want to step in there, but they don't know what to do. Yeah. Oh, well, I think a lot of it goes back to the inner child. Um, And I facilitate a process called the Artist Way, which is a 12-week recovery process for um, your creative energy. And again, that title is a little bit like exclusive. It's like, oh, the book is called The Artist Way. Well, I'm not an artist, so I'm not going to do it. But you are right. And I use a lot of those same examples that you just mentioned of like spreadsheets are creative, gardening's creative, families are creative, cooking is creative. Like I'm constantly saying that. So I just think it's so funny that we both have the same like beat about it. 
Um, I think a lot of it goes back to the inner child. Like, you know, what did you like as a child? What are you drawn towards? I feel like as we get older, we get so siloed into like our different interests. And it's like, well, what do you do for a living? And it's like, that just becomes like 90% of who you are. And then it can also, it can seem like frivolous or like silly to like, like you said, play with Play-Doh or, you know, pick up the paints. Um, and we also have this horrible conception in our Western culture that it's like, oh, unless you're like an expert level, great at it, like you don't get to play in the arts at all. Like there's two groups of people, there's the artists, and then there's the audience. When really, as humans, we come from a very tribal sense that we're all telling stories. We're all dancing around the fire. We're all drumming on our bodies. We're all weaving baskets. We're all like, we are creative beings. We were painting and carving the walls of caves so many thousands of years before we even had a sustainable food source. So I like to kind of put it in perspective of the human species of like, hey guys, we were painting before we had figured out how to reliably get food. So let's make sure that we realize that it actually is our nature to create. It's how we've evolved. It's how we've passed down stories and lessons. And I think one way I like to put it for people is that like, you're the author of your own life. Like pick up the pen and really all an artist is, it's somebody who has a point of view and wants to say something, right? So I think it really also, you know, of course, going back to the inner child stuff, it's a tangible thing we could do. Like, what did I love doing as a kid? Like horseback riding or like playing with Play-Doh or um, even like playing in the sand, like going to the beach and like building sand castles. Like, what a beautiful way to spend a Sunday afternoon. Like you're going to be at the beach anyways. Do you have to be sitting there like an adult, you know, reading a book or whatever you're doing? Like what, get your hands dirty, play in the sand, like come back to some of that inner child stuff um, is, is a great way to go into it. And then the other way to, you know, come into it as well is, is that realization that we are all the author of our own life. We are the writer of our story. Our art is in, can be expressed in our way of living, in our way of creating our life. And so all that's required of you is like, well, get in touch with your point of view, get in touch with what you actually like, get in touch with what you actually want to do. And that's an internal process that can be facilitated in many different ways. Journaling is one of my favorite ways. Um, you'd be really surprised what will come out with uh, the practice of the morning pages, three pages, stream of consciousness. Like, what are the complaints? What are the dreams? What's annoying you? What are you feeling pulled towards and getting to see your mind out on the page? And you might notice something sneaky there. Um, it's one of the tools of the artist way, but you might notice something sneaky there of like, oh, I really want to write a book about my grandma's life, you know? You don't have to be a professional author to do that. Just go interview your grandma and write down what she says and put it in a way that makes sense for somebody else. Um, it doesn't have to be like Pulitzer Prize winning or like make sense in any type of like professional arc. Um, it can be for our family, for our history, for our legacy and things like that. 
I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's part of the whole Plato thing that I say. Like we're not, we know we're not going to be the next Picasso sculpting, you know, something amazing. So, and I don't, usually I have it on my desk. I don't have it right now because my children have taken all of my Play-Doh away. But it's that idea that there, there's no pressure because I already know I am not going to be that, you know, award-winning author or sculpture or whoever it is. And so it takes that stress off of like, what is just fun? What mm. feels good? I don't know how to really do Play-Doh. I spend all my time making snowmen because it's easy with little balls to circle them up and make different size snowmen. Mm. But that's still just something that's being creative. And that's where I say to people, it doesn't have to be something really elaborate. It's just showing the universe, God, your divine, whoever it is that is your go-to that you're able to create. And that was one of the mantras that I used in my late 30s it wasn't about getting pregnant. It was, I can create, I'm able to create. And in whatever way that that looked, but for me, it was in relation to my body being able to get pregnant at some point. Mm. I didn't have a boyfriend. I didn't have a husband at that time. I I didn't know anything. I just knew I was getting older and this clock was starting to tick and I better like get on board with my body like recognizing that it had the ability to do that even though I was getting older. And so that's really where it stems for me in in teaching this to other people is it's not about, you know, what supplements are you taking and all of those things which are helpful. It's really that inner knowing that you have the ability to create something. And the more that we can continue to emphasize that to ourselves for that inner knowing and that subconscious the more it shows up in all the ways that you're asking it to create, whether that's a book or a baby or whatever else, you know, of course, notwithstanding structural issues and all of those things. So please, if anybody's listening, that's like, well, F you, because I have, you know, this going on with my body. Of course, there's situations that are, are different. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm really talking to somebody who otherwise would be healthy or is, is, trying to conceive naturally without knowing that something else is going on. Yeah. And like, just to speak to that a little bit too, what you mentioned at the end there of like, you know, we can't positive thinking ourselves to like change our reality. I often say that our limitations are actually the container for our creation. And so a lot of what I end up doing when I'm working with creatives or working with people trying to like stoke their creative energy is I help them to see like, okay, what are like the actual blocks? Like what are the actual things in the way or what are the actual limitations of what we have? And then can we create with that as our container? Um, When I was in theater school, we had this really beautiful exercise where a group would be given a box of items and they would say, okay, you've got some red silk, you've got a flashlight, and you've got this sword. Now you need to use this line of text and you need to have one moment where your whole ensemble jumps up and says, hooray, now go make a story out of it. So we were essentially limiting our palette of what we were allowed to do, what we were allowed to have, and the tools in our hands with a set set of with a set of rules to follow. And it was amazing to see all the different stories that were created within that limited palette. So maybe, you know, to use your example, like your body's on a different page, your body's on a different sheet of music. Okay. 
the acceptance of that, the knowing of that, and then, okay, so is my intention to create a family? How else can I do that? What else is here? How else could I make that a reality, working with the limitations that I have? Um, I know for me, like when I was producing a lot of my first music videos, I had a budget of like $200. And I was like, okay, well, I know somebody's got a backyard I can use. We can shoot this in my living room. We'll just change it all around. I'll buy the stuff from Target for the shoot and then we'll return it the next day. You know, okay, I'm going to borrow this camera from this friend, right? So the generosity of community, the generosity of like, let's just use what we have And I think what's interesting is like we've had more technological tools than ever to create. And yet I'm working with people who still feel such a block and I feel it all the time. It's like, oh, I don't have enough money and I don't have a big enough budget. But I watched as I went through many different projects and no matter how big the budget was, it was all there was always a meeting like, well, we just don't have it in the budget. I'm like, I'm working on a thing that's like millions and millions of dollars And like, there's always a limitation. So it's not necessarily about having everything or having everything work perfectly. It's about working creatively with what you already have. I love that you say that because there are so many ways now that you you may not have thought that this is what your life was going to be, whether that's your career or your relationship or your family or you know, trying to conceive or whatnot, but there's so many other paths to get there now. And just being open and curious about what it is for you. I love that. You also talk about witnessing miracles. Tell us a little bit about that. I, I'm all about miracles and I love, I love that. And it's really strange though, to see now as an adult having children, like how do you explain that? Um, because I really am at a loss of wor- words. And re- I kind of stopped myself actually this weekend and telling my six-year-old about a miracle my sister we consider is a miracle. And then I thought, oh, I better wait a little bit to explain that to him because I'm not really sure how that they're so curious, right? They're going to ask a million questions. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer all of those questions other than, well, God did it, you know, and, you know, it's going to become more and more. So tell us about the miracles that you've witnessed and, and what people can do in their lives to be open to witnessing them happening around them. Yeah. I love that you speak to it. Like, this mysterious thing because I interact with it in the same way. And I mean, I'll just speak very directly. So I facilitate this 12 week program called the artist way, which has been around for like 30 years and hundreds of thousands of people have done it. Elizabeth Gilbert, you have a copy right behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody like has the book, like it's around, it's somewhere. Um, and you know what it does is it, you know, you show up for things. So I'll just preface this by saying like, I don't believe in, I'm very wary of like manifestation or like I manifested it. I thought about it three times a day for 30 days and it manifested, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like in our culture, because things are so challenging and so hard where we're at right now in late stage capitalism, people are like, oh my gosh, I would love for it to just be easy. I would love to just like, you know, think of something and then it happens, right? But 
there's, there's legwork involved. So let me also preface this by saying every miracle I've witnessed, I've also seen lots of legwork and I've seen lots of intention. I have seen lots of people showing up to whatever is theirs to do within the limitations that they have, holding their vision and asking the universe, asking their community, asking whoever might be related to this for what they want, talking about what they want to dream into existence. And what's interesting about this is that once you get clear on what you want to create, once you get clear on what you want to do or what's needed, and then you start holding that vision and you start noticing what's yours to do in service of that, you start taking that action. People are like, oh, I noticed you're you know, waking up every morning and writing these morning pages. Like, what's that about? It's like, oh yeah, I'm like trying to write a book. And they're like, oh, cool. What book are you trying to write? And they're like, oh, I'm going to write a book about this or that or the other. And they're like, oh, well, you know, my aunt is a publisher at this place. Like when, when you have a draft, I'd love to send it to her. Like I've seen so many things like that, but some, some examples Mm -hmm. of miracles I've seen is like, one artist who was in my circle, um, had been auditioning for 10 years. Um, and had a very specific idea of a very specific kind of project that she wanted to work on being a series regular on a television show. And of course she's got 10 years to back it up. Right. But it happened in like three weeks. (laughs) It's like, Mm -hmm. it's moving. So opening up to that capacity, I've also had people, you know, this is not necessarily like a miracle, I would say, but it's a big change. Like people realizing that they were in like toxic relationships, people realizing that they were in abusive relationships, finding a safe, creative way to get out of them, to build up their self-confidence enough to get out of them. Those same people then turning around and like meeting the love of their life, like six months later and like having a completely different reality. I've seen people like get to buy their dream home, like I think a lot of a lot of what I see is people being like, "Oh, I don't have to wait. Like I can just go for this." And I've been facilitating right. the work for long enough that now I'm like on the second wave with people. So I've seen like the first wave of transformation. One of the women who I worked with like got a new job at a way higher rate, which allowed her to move into the trees where she's always wanted to live. She like lives in this beautiful area where she has space and she has a garden and she's just really in tune with her values and what she wants and all of that. And now she's like, okay, I'm at the next phase. Now I'm like ready to go for the next thing. And it's like, it's an ongoing process of getting clear on what we want, doing the work, and then also realizing that we're like co-creating with the universe. So we're keeping our eyes open for opportunities. We're saying it out loud, um, things like that. I mean, even in my own experience, I'll make myself my own miracle. My husband and I were getting, we were about to get married and we wanted to move to a place that had five things. We were like, we want to be in a thriving art scene. We want to be in lots of trees. We want fresh water. We want to be able to get a good cocktail. And we want to be within an hour of a major airport. And so we're thinking it's like near LA because that's where I spent 14 years. That's where I have my whole community. So we're looking around LA. We're looking up the coast of California. We can't find anything. We're like, what? Okay, I guess this is pointless. But we still had our list of like those five things. And in the meantime, we're showing up. We're doing our jobs. We're doing this. We're doing that. 
or holding the vision. And then sure enough, the Monday we get back from our honeymoon, he has an offer on his desk to move to Atlanta, Georgia, which I had never considered myself as an actor. I'm like, I have to be in LA. Turns out Mm -hmm. thriving art scene, tons of trees, tons of fresh water within an hour of the Delta hub. And I can walk up the street and get a margarita anytime I want. I'm like, this is crazy. But then, you know, we had to take the leap and do it. You know, we had to show up for it. And I'm almost at a year here now in Atlanta, Georgia, but it's just stuff like that that comes out of left field. And then we do have to be brave enough to say, okay, yes, I'm, I'm saying yes. And I'm following this. And I think that's where the hard part comes sometimes, right? Where that answer may be given to us and it's not what we looked like or what we thought it would look like, right? It's in Atlanta, Georgia, which coming from LA could not be more different. So realizing, okay, is this really what we had asked for? Because it doesn't look like it's packaged up in the place and how we thought it would be. And to take that step of courage and faith to say, yeah, actually it is. Let's go try this. Takes that self-awareness and that power to step into that and say, okay, we're going to try this. I think a lot of people, myself included, we put so much energy into, if I make this big decision, it's going to be life-changing. But there's so many things that we can change again. Mm -hmm. Like nothing's permanent. There's very few things in life that have to be permanent. So we, we put so much pressure and like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And what are It's like, so you go and you don't like it, come back, whatever, you know? And I, again, I'm the, I'm the first one to say, well, you've been talking about moving for quite a while too. And now my thing is, is yeah, but I have kids now. And you know, if I have to move them back and forth and all around and whatnot. And so it's kind of like, trusting that whatever is put in front of you is going to be what's right for you and then taking that step towards it i think is often you know a, a practice to do so i'm i'm glad that you pointed that out i love how this might be like planting a seed for you that it's okay for you to move <laughs> it's okay to totally. go on a grand adventure with those kids and yeah, you know, following that inspiration, I often talk to a lot of the creatives they work with and about building trust with the universe and like what are the things on our end of the spectrum that we can handle and show up and take care of. Like I know for me it's morning pages and like showing up to my songwriting sessions and like anytime something comes across my desk acting wise that I feel like I have a way into that I'm curious about that I'm showing up for it. I'm doing it. You can count on me to complete it. I will show up here at the desk. I will show up with pen in hand. I'm building trust with the universe that I'm ready. I'm, I'm a responsible person for you to give abundance to. I'm a responsible person for you to give a creative project to because I will see it through. I will show up to it. I will keep asking what is needed, what I can do to move this forward. And I think that um, it makes it easier to take those leaps of faith um, when you start to just very slowly build up a reliability with your creative flow, a reliability with using the resources that we've been given um, in the direction that we were designed to give them to. For sure. And I think remembering the times that things did work out, right? Like we're so quick to say, I see it a lot with 
with clients that come to me, I'm like, well, it's just, it's not working out. We keep getting bad news and all these things, but let's think about all the good news that you've had in your life, right? Mm -hmm. It's not all bad things that have happened, Mm -hmm. right? This particular situation may not be working out the way you expected it to, but that doesn't mean that everything that's gone on has not worked out for you. And I think turning that around sometimes and listing that out pen to paper to be like, okay, let me get myself back in check. Here I am thinking the sky is falling and walking around saying everything is not great when really there's actually a few things that are pretty great that have worked out for me, right? Whether that's where you live or your partner or your your job or whatever, we can all find something to have gratitude towards. And when you're in a space of gratitude, it's really difficult to also be in another place of anxiety and and distrust. So if you feel like you're in that place where I just can't really get my head around to say, I'm going to show up and I can be trusted in that way, go back to say, look at all these times that I could be trusted and I did show up and I, I did receive what the universe was giving me and it did work out exactly the way it was meant to. And, and that will realign you with the ability to say, okay, I'm going to take, take a breath and, and let it happen and unfold the way that it's supposed to. And maybe you have to redo that 10 times a day to, to regulate yourself again, but eventually you'll get to a point to recognize it is all working out for our best and highest good and the divine timing that is meant for us. Mm, That's really beautiful. Yeah, definitely expressing gratitude because the mind is designed to scan for problems (laughs) and memorize all the horrible things that have ever happened to us and all the circumstances around it to keep us away from harm, to keep us away from experiencing pain. And I think, you know, I recently learned that when things don't go the way we're expecting, the way that we expect them to go, or let's say maybe you reach this major milestone, maybe it's even a positive thing. And you're like, oh, once I have that, then I'll be happy. And when we experience a different feeling than we were thinking we were going to feel, it triggers cortisol Mm -hmm. stress hormone. (laughs) So we're like... Just this practice of being open, this practice of noticing what is here, this practice of accurately seeing that can be developed through meditation, through um, journaling, through gratitude practices, through you know many different ways. Um, it's so important because, gosh, if we let our mind run away with the story... <laughs> Um, and we forget that the mind's job is to be a servant of the heart, then um, it's it's a slippery slope over there. Absolutely. Well, how can people find you, Kate? Yeah. yeah so um, you can find me through my artist page on Instagram at Kate Bone, and it has three underscores under there, Kate underscore, 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 bone, like a bone in your body. And you can find my company, my creative studio, Wonderwell, at wonderwellcreative.com or wonderwell.creative on Instagram and TikTok. Um, You can join us for a 12-week Artist Way circle or book a one-on-one call with me. There's lots of goodies there on the website. I'd love to chat with you and um, hear about what you're creating and um, be of service in some way. I love that name, Wonderwell. Thank you. 
Yes. Me too. Well, thank you so much for being here today and having this great conversation. And we will certainly hope our paths cross again soon. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. It's great chatting. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creation Innovation Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to the Creation Innovation Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to get your podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Yes, we actually do send out gifts. It's my favorite thing to do. So visit us at elizabethking.com backslash creation innovation for more information on how to enter. Every review counts and we are so grateful. You can follow me at the official Elizabeth King on Instagram or TikTok. Until next time.